Instant. Motivation. Hi, and a very warm welcome from me, your host, Phil Parker, to this episode six of Instant Motivation. In the last podcast, I talked a little bit about the science behind visualization and how that works. And I've been asked some further questions about this that people would like to know a little bit more about the science behind this. I know many people listening to the podcast are familiar with uh, visualization, but there seems to be a growing interest in understanding how this phenomenon may be working. There's an amazing book by Rupert Sheldrake called The Science Delusion, which talks about something very fascinating. It talks about the fundamentals of science that we take to be true when we're taught science at school or at university level. And he says we need to question some of these things because they've started to become unquestionable truths or beliefs or dogmas instead of developing ideas that should be reconsidered from time to time as new facts arrive. One of the classic ones is the uh, Newtonian second law of thermodynamics, which basically says energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed into matter and vice versa. So there's a finite amount of energy in the world or matter, and they're interchangeable. And that's, that's how much there was to start with. That's how much there'll be to the end of time. Trouble with this was in about 1930, a uh, Swiss astronomer called Zwicky started to observe galaxies. And what he found was the galaxies were moving together at high speed, much, much higher than could be predicted based on the gravitational pull of the mass that we could observe. It was hundreds of times faster. Eventually, as people looked at this, they thought, OK, well, the reason these things are moving together so fast is because of a gravitational pull caused by something that we're going to call dark matter. So we can't see it, we can't measure it, but we know it must be there to make sense as to why the galaxies are moving together so quickly. So now we have dark matter appearing. Dark matter is unobservable, unmeasurable. We can only guess that it exists. Everything's fine until the 1990s, when as we observe the distant galaxies, we now find that they're speeding up when we expected them to be slowing down. How is this happening? Well, physicists come up with another term. There must be some dark energy, some kind of anti-gravitational force that's fighting the gravity force. But unfortunately, once again, dark energy is something we can't see, observe or measure in any way. We can only intuit that it must be there because that's the only way it can make sense. So we have these two entities, dark matter and dark energy, that we can't see, detect, observe. So black holes that we guess must be out there, huge bodies of dark matter, huge amounts of dark energy, which will allow what we observe to make sense based on our model of the world. What's fascinating is observable matter and energy, the kind of things we're familiar with, the ones we can see, the non-dark ones, only account for 4% of what is considered to be the total amount of energy and matter in the universe. So we can only measure 4% of the entire amount of matter and energy. 
universe. So when we think about Newton's second law of thermodynamics, we're actually only talking about 4% of the matter and energy in the universe that we can apply that law to, because that law only applies to the things we've been able to observe, which means we don't know whether that law applies to the other 96% of the universe. We don't know that because we can't measure it. And as scientists, we need to measure things to see if something's true. So it means there's a vast amount of energy out there, of matter out there, that we have no idea how it works, how it functions, how it interacts, what it does. So when people say, you know, can your thoughts really affect energy? The simple answer scientifically is we have no idea because we just don't understand enough about the energy and matter in the most of the universe. We only have a sense of what 4% of it does. So I think that might free you up a little bit when you think about it, that science is completely aligned with this idea that we don't really know. There's a lot of energy out there. We don't really know how it works. There's a lot of matter out there. We don't really know what it does. We don't really understand what thoughts are. We know that thoughts are little bits of electricity going along nerves, but we don't really get what thoughts are, those ideas we have, how powerful they might be. We certainly know how powerful they are in our own personal universe, but there are massive questions as to how powerful they are in the rest of the universe, what effect they have. So allow yourself the freedom to recognize that your thoughts may well be more powerful than you ever imagined. They certainly are more powerful than you ever imagined on yourself, but they may be even more powerful on what happens in reality. Now, this is a conversation that's been going on for a long time in philosophy, and particularly in spiritual philosophy, where people talk about we create our own reality. Nothing exists apart from what we generate, what we think. Psychologists think this a lot as well, that we perceive that which we're looking for. But this takes it a step further and says, actually, maybe we're generating our own universe, our own future, by what we're thinking, what we're putting into it. Again, science supports this with the idea that there may well be multiple universes, multiple dimensions that we're operating in. So there's massively big thoughts. I did an experiment years ago, a very loose experiment with a group of people, where we asked everybody to create a huge goal, something for the world, a small goal, something for them, and a tiny goal, like finding something they lost. What I'd like you to do is exactly the same. I'd like you to take three goals, one for the world, one for you, and something tiny. And every day, what I'd like you to do is to start by visualizing this achievement. So let's say one of them is a cure for cancer. That would be a great thing. That would be a big goal. Second thing would be, uh, I want to I want to meet up with somebody who's going to forward my business proposal. Third thing, maybe, I'd like to find that uh, piece of jewelry that I lost. I've looked for it everywhere, but I can't find it. What you then do is you go down into your sanctuary. Remember going down the steps. Go to that place where you're creative and see that on your vision board, those three goals. Look at it every day and let me know what happens after a week of doing it. What I found when I did it with a group of 20 people was that everybody got at least one of their things coming true just by thinking about it. Now, 
you could argue, well, it's just about putting your intention in there and starting to make changes. You look more carefully for the missing piece of jewellery. It doesn't really matter how it works. It may work on a purely energetic level. It may work on your starting to focus and put yourself and getting motivated. But it doesn't really matter. It's really about the outcome, achieving those things and using everything we can to make that happen in our lives. So drop me an email, phil at philparker.org. Tell me what you've achieved simply by changing your focus. And we'll share that on future podcasts. So until next time, have an amazing, brilliant and creative week. And as always, if you want more life-changing ideas from me, then check out my other podcasts and downloads on iTunes by searching for Phil Parker or visit philparker.org. Instant Motivation